Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton, Brendan Escott and Cody Jansen alongside today. Bob Stoffer in the air right now on his way to Arizona. It's the Oilers and Coyotes tomorrow on 6.30 Ched. 8 p.m. puck drop, 6 p.m. face-off show. Arizona, uh, well, doing Arizona things. 0-2-1 on the year. Trying to change the narrative at home. The Oilers, 3-0, riding high. Actually, winners of their last two um, preseason games as well. So, call it five in a row for the Oilers, but uh, off to the regular season start that they wanted. Remember last year, 3-6 and six through nine games. So, laying down groundwork a lot better in this sense than, than they did last year. But you also would expect that from a team that's had more time to mature and, and the pieces that they've added. Arizona's tanking for Shane Wright. I mean, have you seen Carter Hutton's numbers? He's got a 702 save percentage and an almost nine goals against average. Like, two games. And they sent down Joseph Coroner, and I I'm, couldn't tell you who their backup goaltender is, but he won the job out of camp. Yeah, it's some Czech kid. I believe he was playing when I was over there, actually. He would have been in Trebitz. There was another just some Czech kid once upon a time. His name is Vitek Vanasek. Another guy by the name of David Riddick, who at least had one good stint. Anyway, we could ramble on and pontificate, but instead let's connect with our headliner today uh, for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Might just be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We're joined by NHL Network analyst Brian Lawton, as we are on all Wednesdays on Oil. Now, Brian, thanks for your time today. How's it going? Uh, well, not as good as for Bob Stoffer crying me a river on his way to Arizona in the air. I feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, hey, the first time in a long time, and I can tell you that he didn't know that he was going to be doing these American road trips right up until the last minute. So I'm sure he's happy. I know I am because I get to talk to you and our bevy of other excellent guests. And it's all good in oil country right now, Brian, as I'm sure you can imagine with a 3-0 and record to start this season. The goaltending uh, looking pretty good. You know, the score exactly what you'd want it to be from the usual suspects but also watching the depth scoring actually play out on a nightly basis too it's just a different dynamic around here what's standing out to you most about this 2021-22 Oilers team well for me you know obviously Dreisaitl and McDavid but you kind of expect that from them I, I hate to say that because it's ludicrous to expect the kind of performances they've given already through just a few games uh, but you do it's the rest of the team that you know in the previous seasons has come up short for this club uh, 
Ken Holland, I think, has been very true to his word. Uh, he's He's got the best team yet that he's been able to field, and he's been able to address the depth issues that have really plagued them and have had to be frustrating for some of the top players, quite frankly. Uh, I give those guys a lot of credit for hanging in there, giving Ken the time to get this club where it's at. Uh, there's still some things I think he would like to work on and fix, but we could say that about every club in the National Hockey League right now. Belief among players when they're seeing their efforts paying off, and it's not as if they didn't have success in the regular season leading up to, you know, the stoppage or or the the break in in the last couple of years. But this just feels different. The fans outside in the media, uh, while well, we are basically like zoo creatures, they're in the in the post game media of Vail Bryan, and then on uh, 104th Avenue, there's. There's been 300 people out there banging on drums and chanting, let's go Oilers and this sort of thing, just having had a glimpse of them at the media table. So I just have a a whole different sort of perspective on the excitement about this team and watching it play out in regular season action. Now, I'm, I'm wondering how contagious that buzz around the city can be for the hockey team that's sort of drumming it all up. Uh, I think it could be very contagious. Obviously, we're early in the in the season, just three games in. I mean, it's not uh, it's not too easy to lose perspective when we look and see the Buffalo Sabers are three and zero also. <laughs> so whatever <laughs> whatever that that means. Now they have had a little bit softer schedule, just to be uh, fair. So you know, from the goaltending that you've seen out of these two, I, I guess. I look at the situation right now, and if Mike Smith is is truly day to day, then uh, then they've got really no issues there on that front. Uh, Evan Bouchard really stepping into uh, the minutes that they wanted him to, and uh, and solidifying what's looked like a, a half decent back end for this team. Haven't said too much about Cody Cece or Duncan Keith to this point, and that's probably for the better. I think that you know the the expectation is that they'd go out there and and sort of quietly go about their business. But you know, with the was a sort of new look back end of things. Uh, how have you assessed the Oilers and how they've looked in in goal prevention and the systems from what you've seen so far? I think they've looked better. Uh, I believe last week I, I told Bob I felt very confident in Evan Bouchard's ability to kind of rise up from where he's been in the past for the club and to start to take more minutes on and to start to to do them with a little bit of fanfare, with a, with a lot more success than people might think. I felt like Evan was ready. He's gone through the process. They've been patient with him. Um, I'm a little bit more concerned about Cody Cece and Duncan Keith thus far. Uh, those two guys uh, I, I want to see more from, particularly Duncan Keith. Um, you know, when you have a player like Duncan, drafted originally in the second round by the Chicago Blackhawks, three Stanley Cups, uh, first trade, even though he's a veteran player with at his current age and status in the league, it still can take a little while. So I've got lots of time for him to feel better but I, I would have hoped he could have come out of the gates with a little bit better start than he's had thus far. Well, I just think he's a really important player for the Oilers this year. What do you think has been lacking in his game or even out of that pair that you've seen? In terms of Duncan, I mean, uh, you know, you, you always, you're always concerned about a player when he gets up in age, and the first thing that you get concerned about 
is obviously the skating. You know, at 38 years old, uh, Duncan Keith, who has been called the Energizer Bunny in the past in his career, um, looks good skating, quite frankly. I've been surprised with that. So I, I think it has more to do with systems, style of play, new players, feeling comfortable. Some of the things are human nature and some of the things are more technical. I think he's got a little bit of both going on thus far where he just doesn't quite uh, – he doesn't look as comfortable as he will 10 or 15 games from now, that's for sure. Chatting with our uh, headliner today and our NHL Network insider, Brian Lawton. Yes, Apoyarvi is is a player who's really cemented himself, you know, as, as we've talked about on this show, Brian. He's the best right winger on this team right now, and for many different reasons that he's sort of accelerated himself into that role. He's part of that top line, which now has 22 points through three games combined, and he doesn't look out of place at all to me in terms of where he is on the ice or, or negotiating uh, without the puck while playing with the top two players in the league. And I'm wondering, in your opinion, you know, whether he's sort of a product of playing with that talent or whether he really had to elevate his game in order to be uh, compatible with that kind of talent. There's no doubt he's elevated his game and, and made great strides from where he was. It might have been a case of a little bit too much too soon with him, and that happens. I'm certainly familiar with that. The higher you get picked, you know, sometimes the quicker they want to see the results. It doesn't always happen for everybody on the same timeline, certainly not as fans would love to see uh, where he's at now. I, I give him a lot of credit. I do think that obviously Connor and Leon have been able to pull him forward, but I give him a lot of credit in pushing himself forward as well. I think it's been a combination of the two that's helped him to be where he's at right now. It's a great start. And I've been involved with this game since essentially 1983. I've seen a lot of great starts. The question is going to become, can he sustain it? I, obviously not at this pace. Uh, he's not going to score over 100 points, in my opinion. Uh, but if he if he crests the 50-point mark before the season started, I would have thought that was tremendous. If he hits the 60 or even 70, perhaps, that would be incredible for him. Uh, I can't tell you right now where I think he'll end up, but I do feel really good that he'll crest that 50-point mark. And you may say, well, that's crazy. He's got six points already. It's a long season. And people start to key on you more and more. Uh, defenses get a, teams get more of an opportunity to kind of game plan against you. Right now, it's the Wild West in the NHL in terms of a lack of familiarity for a lot of players and teams because of the divisional alignment last year. Uh, there's also a short turnaround this year from last year. So there's a lot of different things going on. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't want to take anything away from Jesse Pugliarvi. He's done a terrific job of really sticking with it, believing in himself. And uh, I would say more people are shocked at where he's at today than uh, not that's for sure well i'll tell you what when i woke up on october 13th the day of the regular season puck drop for the oilers i put on my rose colored glasses and i said to myself i can see pulley scoring reasonably 25 to 30 goals this year and that was with him playing on this top line now he doesn't do that unless you know he's 
continuing to play a significant amount of minutes in this position that he's in, I suspect. He's getting a lot of those sort of tapping goals from the front. He's got a wicked shot, too. But, you know, Brian, for you, what does he need to do as a complete player in order to stick around alongside the other elite players, right? Because I know that Dave Tippett is somebody who will shake around the tree and shuffle the lines when things aren't necessarily working, when maybe a player has finally been keyed in on by the opponents. Yeah, he's got to take care of the defensive end first. And that may sound crazy because that line is obviously their best defense is when they're attacking offensively. That is, you know, the number one go-to for that line to be strong defensively. But yes, he is a guy that is going to have to be mindful of that. When it doesn't go well, he's the most susceptible player to be changed off that line first. Um, And the biggest thing he can do of what Dave Tippett does so well is – he, he's such a good communicator with players. You know, he keeps guys really in the know as to what's going on and what the coach is thinking. The number one thing I've heard about Yessi's situation around the National Hockey League as I talk to other people is what about Zach Hyman? I mean, didn't they promise Zach Hyman he'd be on that line? Obviously not. Um, but I would imagine at some point he will get some considerable minutes with that top line at an even strength type role. So uh, in Yessi's case, uh, he's going to have. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To be prepared for that when it happens, it will happen. He's going to have to deal with it in a positive way. Um, I just think teams spend so much time keying on McDavid and Dreisaitl that at different points over an 82-game season, the coach is going to have to split those guys up. I really believe that. It's a nice luxury that he has now, uh, needless to say. Chatting with our NHL insider, uh, or rather NHL network uh, analyst, Brian Lawton today. He is our headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Uh, Conversely to Jesse Jesse Pugliarvi, Kyler Yamamoto is is having a bit of a tough start to this season, Brian. He got uh, not single though necessarily, but Dave Tippett was asked about Yamamoto and what he would like to see improved. And, And, you know, a lot of it was... We want you to be a penalty killer, not a penalty taker, I guess was the quote. Well, Yamamoto last night, Brian only factored into 10 minutes worth of the hockey game was a minus three. So you got a player like this who has the first round draft pedigree. He's already proven to himself and everybody else that he can, you know, score with with the best of them or at least score at the NHL level, a point per game production level when he came up. And that was never going to be sustainable for Yamamoto, but he's playing far lower than his standards should be what do you think the recipe is for this team to sort of give their youngster a kick in the pants on that right wing 
Well, I, I think he's been treated pretty well out of the gate in terms of the line he started with. He hasn't responded the way that you would have hoped that he would. Um, you know, again, Dave Tippett's a pretty good communicator. He's more positive than negative. A lot of guys would have been incredibly negative, especially against a young player. Um, you know, the, the reduction in minutes is a shot in that direction, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think he'll – I think he's got a little bit more rope and a little bit more runway. He's just got to find – he's got to find himself. He's got to get his feet underneath himself, and he's got to start to contribute. It doesn't have to be offensively with this club. It can just be with energy. It could just be killing penalties right now. But he's got to get a good feeling going again so he can get back to scoring and contributing ways that really – you know, when the Oilers drafted him, th- those were the reasons why I don't think anybody's changed their opinion that he'll be able to score. Um, but as the team gets upgraded, you're going to have some players that have had roles that are not going to be able to keep up. And other guys are going to step up and take those roles. And the Oilers this year, more than ever, actually have the depth to make a little bit more changes that, that have a little bit more meaning. They've made changes in the past, but when you don't have anybody underneath that's ready to kind of jump up and grab the role, uh, they're not nearly as impactful. That's what I like about the Oilers team now is that they've got some optionality, particularly at uh, up and down the lineup in different roles. You figure the right wing, the right wing depth now is is just different to talk about than it was in years past, and it's nice to see that a lot of that has happened just through internal growth and development of their own properties. But Cassian's looked excellent in the role that he's there to serve this year in the two games that he's played as well. He looks completely energized. He looks healthy. He looks like he's having fun. He sounds like he's having fun when he's talking to us in the media as well. So it seems like the the good thing is still brewing there for the Oilers as they're all chomping at the bit for the opportunity to contribute so things are good in in uh, in oilers land as we mentioned brian now let's open this up to the rest of the league for the final couple of minutes things are not good in montreal right now i didn't expect this kind of a drop off in them losing shea weber and carrie price it's probably me being naive there those were of course probably the two reasons they made it to the stanley cup final as far as they did but we are seeing now just how important carrie price is to that team's success aren't we uh, we certainly are. I mean, you think they're down two hockey players. They did get Jonathan Druin back. That's a positive. No Carey Price, obviously. No Shea Weber. But you would think that, you know, particularly um, with some of the competition they've played already, Jake Allen would have played even if Carey Price was healthy by this stage. They just have not been able to get it together as a group. Uh, It's been concerning, Uh, not super surprising. I felt like they really overachieved last year in a huge way, Uh, and they rode it to the furthest furthest distances you could ever imagine with the season that they were able to put together, particularly really just their playoff run. It, It just came out of nowhere. So people are wondering if that's real or that's a fluke. They did lose the two guys that are super critical, uh, Mark Bergeron, a little impromptu press conference today to talk about his own situation. It's bizarre times right now in Montreal. I've been wondering why Mark hadn't signed in the past. And it had kind of come across to me in watching some of Mark's press conferences that he wasn't really sure if he wanted to manage or this, that, or the other thing I was told recently. 
I haven't confirmed this, that, you know, Mark wanted to resign and he wanted to make a number that was really exorbitant and that that was not agreed to by Montreal's management. But then I find out today that he does want to continue on. So there's some due diligence that has to be done there to get to the bottom of what's going on with that, with his particular case, but also with their club. Are they not as good as they showed us last year? I think that there's certainly a pretty good chance that without Shea Weber and Carey Price, it'd be incredibly difficult to get back to the level they were. Then we have to ask ourselves, what level really were they last year? Were they the team that made it to the finals or the team that really struggled down the stretch just to get in the playoffs? Brian, appreciate your time so much. Wish we had a little bit more with you, but we'll catch up next week, okay? My pleasure. Thanks, Brendan. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Our insider today, or our, pardon me, our headliner. I'm going to get that right. Our insider's coming up later. I, I, clearly, I've got that on my mind. Our headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Let's take a pause here on Oilers Now. We'll come back with uh, some of your input. 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Just heard from Brian Lawton, David Staples, political affairs columnist and cult of hockey writer at the Edmonton Journal. We'll come up right after Eileen's next newscast. Our NHL insider, there's that word again, uh, John Shannon. <laughs> it's his actual title. He'll come up at uh, 1.35, and then we'll check in on the Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer at 1.45 today. But right now, how about a little bit of you as we recap that uh, game from last night? Uh, Big D from Camrose says the Oilers aren't going to keep winning, giving up so many chances and shots. You're not wrong. I think that they might have been taken back by the, uh, the continuous offensive threat of... Anaheim on their second game in two nights, but 36 shots in total by Anaheim. And, you know, I, I, I really believe, Cody, that the NHL is going to trend in a direction where shot totals are just a lot higher. And so we might have to shift our goalposts in terms of what we deem to be surrendering a lot of shots, if that makes sense. What do you think about that? You're the former goalie. No, that's exactly how it's trending. And I was actually talking about this a couple of days ago. We saw it yesterday with Zegras, Drysdale, Troy Terry, all these guys. NHL players are so skilled now that they're creating more chances than ever and more quality chances than ever. It's not just shovel the puck on net anymore. It's they move it so quick that they're getting more shots and you're 100% right. We are going to see this trend up. And I think that when you see the hooking calls and that sort of thing in the offensive zone this year I mean even a lot of defenders are kind of just you know if they've got the stick in there they're backing off and the guy's getting the shot attempt anyway so that's that's what I see but you're right and to me I'm very encouraged when I see someone like Evan Bouchard leave a game with seven blocked shots that's not his calling card it's not going to be but that is, I guess, how you mitigate against something, you know, in that sense. You, you get a wholesale buy-in to shot blocking. Though, in the modern NHL, I don't think that worked all that well for John Tortorella. And what he wanted to do, there's, there's coaches that haven't succeeded recently in wanting to get their guys to eat a bunch of pucks. Bouchard was great last night. Like, he looked phenomenal. He had confidence, too. Like, he was shooting the puck. I know there was the one that uh, dung up Stolarz a little bit, but, wow, he looked good. Yeah, the Bush bomb nearly delivering a full-on KO of Anthony Stolarz. And, and we'll bring this up with, with John Shannon, but concussion spotter? I mean, he, he was down for quite some time after taking that straight between the eyes off of a kid who we've known for four years can shoot the puck like a madman. 
what are we doing here? You just ate a 95 mile an hour slap shot off the head. And, and I get it. Maybe I'm a little fired up more than he should be. But is that not direct result of like, hey, this could be a head injury right here? I don't know what could be more obvious of maybe we should check this guy to see if there's serious damage. Hey, and I don't want to take away from anything that was discussed on the ice with the trainer or any of that. They certainly gave him plenty of time to collect himself, but that just sort of seemed like the poster of an in, or of an incident where you might offer a guy 15 minutes in a quiet room. But he stayed in the game, and he continued on, and he turned aside, uh, you know, a lot of the next series of shots that were on him. So, uh, But, yeah, that's an interesting take, and, and I'm curious what John Shannon uh, might have to say about that coming up. Oilers now, uh, some guests of the show, received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue, right here in Edmonton. Before we chat with John Shannon, we'll hear from David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. His thoughts on the Oilers' start to the season, maybe a couple other hockey headlines as well. When we come back after the headlines, global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.